Designcast Podcast, the podcast for design and STEAM educators. Hello and welcome to Designcast, a podcast where I interview a wide range of excellent guests in design and STEAM education to get their unique perspectives. My name is Jason Reagan and I use my 20 plus years of experience as a design educator to dig deep into complex issues. This podcast has one simple mission, to create a community of people around the world that are interested in design and STEAM education. Each episode, I chat with guests from all corners of the design world, from classroom teachers to authors and even to educational consultants. We discuss a wide range of topics that we feel are relevant today. I do want to ask you that if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a review, rate, subscribe, share, or download from your favorite podcasting app. This helps the podcast get discovered by listeners that might not find it otherwise. Also, it helps me to continually define the direction of future guests and episodes. Feel free to drop by my website, www.jasonreagan.ga, to leave me a comment or to sign up to be considered as a future guest on future episodes. Also, don't forget to stop by Anchor and leave me a voice clip that could even end up in an upcoming show. Thanks for listening. So let's get to it. On this episode of DesignCast, I was so honored to chat with James Bleach again. James was the guest on episode 28 of this podcast. For those of you that might remember, James is the head of design and technology at Tanglin Trust School in Singapore. Many listeners will be familiar with him through his original classroom resources that are featured on his website and Facebook group known as Jamble DNT. We reflected on everything that's happened since the last time we've chatted, and he shared some of his thoughts about how schools will look in the future. If you are enjoying DesignCast, could you please rate and review on Apple Podcasts if that is your listening platform? It's really important to get new listeners and helps me keep the content fresh. It only takes a minute or so to make a huge impact, so I really appreciate you guys doing that. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this follow-up chat with James Bleach. Welcome back to another episode of DesignCast, and I am just absolutely humbled and just so excited to talk to my friend James Bleach again. James, how are you today? Not too bad, thank you. Yep, ended a school day, so I feel quite relaxed now that I'm back out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Well, listen, I appreciate you accepting my invitation again to speak, and in case anyone in this world who's listening doesn't know who you are, could you just give me a quick one minute about who you are and what you you do? Yeah, of course. So I'm James Bleach and I've been uh, teaching design and technology for about 15 years now. So from the UK originally, 
I run a bit of a resource kind of networking group and website called Jample DNT. That led to a bit of consultancy and you know various talks at different events, which was you know, a great opportunity again for networking and you know meeting uh, DNT teachers from around the world. I have been out in uh, Singapore. This is my fifth year now, where I set up the subject at Tangling Trust School, and we successfully kind of delivered phase one. Phase two was a bit more of a sort of bumpy road, but we are putting into place phase two of sorts from next August. I've been watching your updates, James, and it seems like you guys are doing a lot with the program at the moment. What kind of stuff are you guys doing? We're, we're quite lucky that we, as a British international school, we, we do use the British national curriculum, but we can have a bit of freedom with, with how we deliver it. And... It was a good opportunity in coming out to Tanglin that I could kind of hit the reset button a little bit and I could rethink some of the approaches to the lessons. And I almost didn't have to answer to people or justify what I was doing. You know, I could just have a a bit of creative freedom, which was nice. And so we explored things like a Fusion 360 and we we deliver a medical technology project, which is into, again, probably it's a fourth or fifth year now, where we get, the, it's all about communication, collaboration, and, you know, we teach them how to sculpt uh, arm casts, and then we give them that freedom to, to find a, a particular need or impairment and then develop their own product that they present back to the group. We are focusing a lot more on something that I'm quite sort of keen on. So we are using programs like the Big Life Fix to to teach the, the pupils just about the the massive amount of sort of needs and issues that people have and you know how how other people live their lives and what problems they have so that we get them out of that mindset of you know I'm coming into DT to make something for myself you know they they might heavily focus on design for somebody else or they might make for themselves or they might make for somebody else so we've been doing quite a bit on empathy uh, which is really interesting to look at you know from that doing a few CPD courses which I'll talk about a little bit later but it's allowed me to use that as a focus uh, for research within the subject area. And then something that we're doing at the moment, which is quite nice, is a, a community sort of led project where even from the first year where we donated some sort of homemade DNT workbenches for the nursery classes at Tanglin, we've always we've always done lots, like many other DT departments, but we've always done lots for other people around school. So we're we're trying to build that into some of the projects now. So we've just um, had a, a year 12 sort of timbers introduction where they, they're trying to reproduce and, and redesign a IKEA product, which is then only today actually I've been issuing them out, but delivering them to classes in uh, nursery reception year one and year two. And so, so it's nice. It's nice having this sort of, you know, giving stuff back kind of a motivation within projects. It seems to work well anyway. I mean, I tell you what, the stuff that you post on all your different social media outlets are it's it's amazing it's so inspirational and i'm incredibly jealous and envious of the things that you guys are doing it's some really really great work and i'm just so impressed man and so you guys keep up the good work with that and so so james thanks for the update appreciate that we we talked um just over a year ago just great to have you on that time and and so as we like we were just talking about before we even began talking this whole idea of what school going to look like in three, five, 10 years? What do you, what do you think is going to happen with DNT as we kind of emerge from a post pandemic state? It's a good question. It's something that, you know, quite a few, again, social media kind of outlets and, and groups have, have had these kind of questions going ahead. And, 
you know, in, you know, the groups like the DNT home learning page and also conversations around school where we're having to navigate our own way through the return from, from the pandemic. What is the new normal seems to keep coming up. I think with design and technology, I think, you know, if anything, it's it's brought us together as a community. People are helping each other out a lot more and, and are willing to kind of share things that have worked well for them. You know, I'm very aware that there are a lot of people in a lot of schools that don't have the access that others do in terms of digital technologies and, and access to computers. So that became very apparent to me when I, when we were going through these sort of remote learning phases, because you were finding, you know, for somebody like myself, where I am, it, you know, it the, the challenges that I had were very, very different from, you know, even people who were working at my last school, you know, they were having to drive around and deliver paperwork to people, you know, the, just the equipment wasn't there. So I'm hoping that it, you know, in the next few years, it will give a real push for schools to gain funding from the government to really update the kind of ICT infrastructure and to, you know, make, you know, even for companies to bring down prices of, of you know, educational licenses for softwares and for computers, you know, they've, everybody's got to play a part, you know, in terms of, are, you know, are we allowing children to have this sort of huge imbalance in terms of how they access education because we've all been thrown into the same position at the same time uh, so i'm hoping that that will that will engage the community the world and, and you know companies will sort of buy into that idea but in terms of the the kind of day-to-day delivery of design and technology i'd like to think that it has opened people's eyes to i know i mentioned before empathy but just the needs of other people and you know being a bit more respectful to other people and being a bit more aware being a bit more compassionate and you know whether we can use that as a a sort of driving force for dnt projects that you know that's that's something that I, i am looking into the other thing that i've noticed has changed a lot in the last year is the focus on sustainability. It's been mentioned within our curriculum for, for many years, but it, it's kind of a nice thing to teach, but do we actually, you know, do we actually do it? And the answer is quite often no. And, you know, I know I'm guilty of it as well. And I just think that, you know, whatever I create next in terms of whether it's a new position at another school or whether it's this phase two in DNT. I've seen some fantastic departments and maker spaces. You've got Prince of Wales School in Malaysia. I know Mr. Hodge over there, and I know uh, Pat, Pat Link, who is uh, a maker space in the UK. He, I don't even think it's just a maker space, but I think he does that on the side. I think it's Nest and Maker Space. But they are throwing themselves, you know, a hundred percent into sustainability. And I think that you know, why shouldn't we be? You know, if if we're having problems around the world in terms of just getting machines delivered or materials delivered or prices of materials are shooting up you know is it time for us to have a drastic rethink about how we approach our lessons and are we teaching children to be sustainably responsible you know so i'm not i'm not saying it's a very easy thing to to flip uh, your curriculum around on but everybody should be sort of taking some steps at least. I completely agree with you. And I also have had a lot of think time around the future of work and what work looks like for our students yeah. and for their families. And, you know, the, the, how many yeah. people are willing to stay home and work from home and how many companies are looking at that. So I think that too will help readjust sort of what our mindset is about the way we even approach doing work moving forward. But I agree. I mean, I was watching all the news at, at least in the States about like plywood 
and how hard it was to build houses because they couldn't get wood. And that was yeah. so quickly, yeah, too. It's so a, it's a huge it was problem such a tight world. loop, right? It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's the delivery drivers are a big issue across Europe. And, you know, even for us going home over Christmas, the, you know, we found it very difficult to to rent a car because, they, you know, car delivery is more of a challenge and rental companies are selling their rental vehicles. And, you know, there are going to be a lot more changes. And I think people are going to have to not take things for granted anymore. When it comes to work, like you mentioned before, the, the amount of people that I speak to who live in my local uh, community who have still not returned to the office. And some of them are quite happy about that. Some of them are quite sad about that. But if, you know, if, if, companies, are, if companies are still managing to be productive, they're realizing that maybe this office space isn't as necessary, then you know, you're gonna see more companies cut back on that. And then you've got to think, well, you know, town centers, what's gonna to happen to all these businesses and, and rental properties? But I don't know, it, it could be that we have a couple of years time dealing with pandem- this pandemic and then things start to improve. Are we going to just slip back into our old habits? Quite likely, if I'm honest. But I would love the idea of everybody taking an opportunity to em- embrace any kind of silver silver lining that there might be, you know, whether it's more family time, you know, watching your children grow up or learning a new skill because you are, you know, you're not spending a couple of hours a day traveling. There are loads of positives that we can look at, but I'm, I'm always a little bit wary about being too positive because it's it's difficult, isn't it? You know, it's it's very much a, a glass half full and a glass half empty scenario wherever you look. So, you know, I, I know that we're, we are enjoying many, many things at the moment. Yes, we live in Singapore and yes, they've been very strict, but that comes with a lot of difficulties as well being so far away from the UK and you know having having a lot of what we want to be able to do in terms of coming home and seeing family is is really it's out of our hands you know we've just got to ride ride our luck really for the next few weeks and just and hope that you know we can we can get back yeah i know exactly how you feel man i think there's a lot of us in that situation so best of luck i hope it works out for you guys to be able to get home during the holidays this podcast is a proud member of the teach better podcast network better today better tomorrow and the podcast to get you there you can find out more at teachbettercom slash podcast now let's get back to the episode so shifting gears a little bit. Thank you for that. CPD, what have you been what have you been up to with professional development lately? I took took the opportunity really when when we went into remote learning and there was this huge shift to online work or teaching learning, you know, businesses and everybody really. As people started to embrace it a little bit and and, and it meant that some of these face-to-face events it, they didn't have to end everybody just bought you know everybody had relearned how to you know use these apps online so you know microsoft teams was a big one for me but obviously there's there's loads of others but it, it meant that i could get involved with cpd again which was brilliant because you know from home maybe 8 p.m i could still deliver for the dnt association at their autumn school there was a couple of events through Twitter for the um, Teach Meet uh, series called Teach Meet DT Icons, which I could get involved with. I managed to do a a lecture, a kind of guest lecture for DNT students at Bangor University, and you know those things were brilliant. But then at the same time, I thought, well, 
you know, maybe if, if I quite like doing these online courses and, you know, it's quite not easy to achieve, but easy to access, you know, should I take the opportunity to work through educational CPD, so non-subject specific, because I can do it at my own pace in my own home. And quite often that can be the thing that puts you off a CPD training day is that, you you know, you sat on a, a seat with the rest of your school for the whole day with a numb bum. And, you know, if you get this opportunity to take it at your own pace, then, you know, why not embrace that? So I was very lucky. I got to do um, evidence-based education's assessment for learning. Then I signed up for the Charter College of Teachers C-Teach course, which is all about research and education. And then I threw my kind of name into the hat for the next evidence-based education course, which is called uh, the Great Teaching Toolkit, expecting to be turned down because I was literally signing up for everything. But luckily, I got a space. So I've been doing all of those and really enjoying them. I, I try to make links between them. So if I'm setting targets for research and education through the Charter College of Teachers, then I'm, I'm going to naturally go to subject specific. And, you know, people like Dr. Alison Hardy, who have been promoting courses online to teach you how to write about your subject, you know, that happened within 24 hours of me setting that target. So I was like, brilliant, you know, let's sign up for this one and that will help me solve this one. So it, it allows you to manage your own CPD, which uh, I think is, um, you know, can really motivate you to to you know get a few more courses under your belt and uh, you know explore different directions really you know i've never looked to never looked to be out of the classroom in terms of you know do i go down a, a pastoral route or do i go for senior leadership or anything like that i've never really wanted to but now i'm thinking you know maybe i could test or, or try some of the you know, angles that are given to assistant head roles. You know, if there's somebody, uh, I've obviously loved my department design and designing a few for different schools around the world. I've really enjoyed designing those learning spaces. And, and you know, it has got me interested in new schools that are popping up. How can I support them? And I've supported a few with the, you know, the DNT, but also just giving like opinions on the whole school plan. You know, is that something that I explore a little bit further down the line? And, you know, I'm not too sure yet, but it's difficult because I think the more specific you get, the less jobs are out there. You know, it's already very difficult to see head of DNT roles come up very often, certainly within your time frame that you can apply. But it, but if you've also got added interest of starting up subjects, then you know the, those those jobs become sort of a, a lot more rare. So yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to keep it. I'd like to always keep an eye out for stuff. I'd like to maybe try a few new things in the next few years. But we, again, you know, th that opportunity has got to be there. Absolutely, man. Well, listen, this has been great. Thank you so much, James. And uh, so okay. if people want to follow you and find out more about what you're doing, what's the what's the best way to do that? Uh, I think the best way, the way that I interact, I suppose, with social media the most has to be my Facebook group because it's, you know, there's, there's I think about 5,000 people we've got in there now. There's no expectation on how you interact with a group. You know, you you sit back, you you read a few articles or you, you know, maybe share a resource or you maybe engage in a conversation. I've never had any expectations of people because it's, it's social media at the end of the day. So, you know, 
not my place to sort of define the terms. So that that's probably the easiest place. Things like Instagram and Twitter where I don't actively engage in so many conversations. I don't find it as easy. So, Well, I, you know, they're, they're easy enough to use, but I don't feel that there are as regular conversations going on. So, you know, I can, I can be reached. I've got several accounts on the go, but I, yeah, I would probably say the Facebook teaching and learning group, I'll call it, or network is is the place that I am regularly in attendance and, and you know, giving giving my thoughts or, or giving some ideas. Yeah. And, and from following you for the last year or so, that seems, tends to be the place that I'm able to get uh, the most interaction with you. So, <laughs> yeah, obviously we have our emails on every day. You know, if I'm, I've never got an issue with people taking my email address and contacting me. But yeah, if you if you want to like a, reach me at any point in the day, then it's usually a, a Facebook all right. And James, so our, our goal here is that your last episode was the most listened to episode to date of DesignCast. And so we're hoping to break the internet with this episode <laughs> as a catch up. And so listen, yeah. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with me. And uh, I know and I hope we can do it again really soon. Hope we can finally meet up in person really soon. Yeah, definitely. And you know, thank you to obviously people that do want to listen. You know, I, d- I don't ever think that I've got anything too exciting to say. Just a few ideas that sort of have come out. But like I've said in the past, you know, keep up the good work with yourself. And, and you know, people like Alison Hardy and the DT Association with podcasts, because, you know, more and more people are listening to them and, and being inspired by them. So, yeah, just keep it up, you know, keep chipping away. I know it's a lot of hard work. All right. Thank you so much, James. I appreciate it. OK, no worries. I hope you enjoyed that episode of DesignCast. I'm Jason, your host, and I produced and created this podcast. If you have any input, I would love to hear from you. And I look forward to seeing you again really soon.